Hey everyone, it's episode 104. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Today, you guys, I'm going to be talking with John D'Amato. He's a brand photographer. And as you might imagine, the pandemic has had to include some shifts for him to work as a business, for him to make a living. He's got some really great nuggets of wisdom to share with you, not only about how to show up with a brand presence online, but specifically a lot of tips on what to do to set yourself apart online when everything is virtual and we're all using the same tools. So listen into our episode, but first I want to tell you a little bit about John. He's a branded lifestyle portrait and virtual photographer who collaborates with speakers, trainers, and other expert-based business owners to create an emotional connection with their audiences through persuasive visual storytelling. More than a photographer, John sets his clients up for success beyond the photo sessions by coaching them on how to best leverage their image content for every touchpoint across their online presence. A former television producer, John has over 20 years of production experience and has been featured as a portrait photographer expert on several NBC Universal daytime shows. He's also a sponsor for the NYC chapter of the National Speakers Association and is a guest contributor for several photography trade magazines. All right, John, I'm so excited to have you on the Know, Like, and Trust show. Thank you for having me. So this is pretty cool. I think you might be the other first brand photographer type person I've had as a guest on the show, but you've got something pretty cool in the works. And I know that a lot of businesses have had to make some drastic changes over the last few months, just given what's going on in our world right now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got on that path? Sure. It was probably early mid-April. And I hadn't picked up the camera in about five, six weeks. And I was recovering from coronavirus symptoms, feeling pretty crappy and a little disillusioned, sprinkling a little depression in there while we're at it. Because, hey, why not, right? <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly what it was. It was, uh, it was really an insane time. And I wasn't sure what the hell was going on in the world around me. I signed up for a online presentation held by the New York City chapter of the National Speakers Association, to which I am a photography sponsor. I shoot their monthly meetings. And for the first time in about a year and a half, they canceled, obviously, the in-person meeting and opted for a virtual session. And I just literally wanted to go on that call just to see familiar faces and feel not weird for the first time in a couple months. So I just checked in what was watching it and I'm in my office kind of slumped in the chair feeling pretty miserable and I saw my camera sitting next to me in the office and decided you know what the hell let me just snap a couple and feel useful for the first time in a while. So I took a couple pictures and I looked at the back of the camera and to my surprise they weren't as crappy as I thought they would be and uh, I decided to shoot the whole program and the next day to continue that positive momentum. Let me not feel crappy. I want to feel useful. I posted a Facebook post and on Instagram with a couple other shots, not too many. 
And the reaction from the NSA folks was very, very, very uh, excited and happy and grateful that I did that and um, had said, wow, you know, we've never seen these kinds of photos before taken. And uh, which makes sense because I had never done it before and I had never really seen it. I just wanted to do it. And the next thing you know, there started to be some knocks at the door. People were interested. They wanted to get some of those photos. So fortunately, coming from a place of love and service led to something valuable for my audience. And that's kind of how it started. That's fantastic. Because I know that as entrepreneurs, we've heard a lot of talk about the pivot. And it got to be the point where no one wanted to hear that word anymore because it was so overplayed. But you actually kind of fell into your business shift, at least for the time being here, and were able to make something positive about it. But in addition to that, it actually kind of pulled you out of a not so great place. Am I correct? Yeah, it did. And by the way, I don't use the P word. I wrote an article about how I hate that one and new normal. I, I refuse to use those two, but <laughs> I'm good with that. We're, we're good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was I'm very grateful for it because prior to that, while I was even sicker, I was making myself even sicker by trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do because photographing speakers and authors and consultants and trainers in person was not a possibility. At the time, I had to come up with something. So I was thinking about something completely different that had to do with creating content and doing some other stuff. And the next thing I know, the thing that I ended up doing was something that I wasn't even thinking about at all. It just happened. And like I said, you know, sometimes the best ideas come in, in those kinds of situations. So I lucked out. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people make the joke about how their best ideas come while they're taking a shower. And obviously, you weren't taking a shower at the moment. But it's kind of a similar thing. You just picked your camera up on a whim. And then look what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to grab the camera and actually take a picture. It was weird. It had been so long. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, you're talking about, you know, photography and a camera and those in our audience who are not photographers and possibly aren't even in a creative field will, you know, only halfway possibly identify with this. But any anyone in any creative endeavor, if you go long enough without doing it, it just starts affecting honestly, your soul, because it's so in tune with with what you are. But I think even those who aren't in the creative realm, you know, the actual, you know, speakers, the actual consultants that you use to photograph in person, for example, you know, speakers too, you know, I, I know that they probably get a, a pretty good high off of delivering a fantastic talk from stage. And they're not getting that right now either. No. And for some of them, the digital applause in the chat box on a Zoom screen with the exclamation points and the yeses, it's, it's nice and it shows that the audience is engaged. But in terms of the juice from being on a stage, it's, it's nowhere near the same feeling. And actually, I was speaking to a, a keynoter earlier this morning and brought up that point, you know, how even for me being in a room with an audience, uh, th there's a certain level of excitement that comes just from my vantage point. But having said that, virtual presentations is definitely something that aside from just being better than nothing, it is still an opportunity for them to 
leverage, uh, you know, an audience to be able to share things to help them get past, you know, what's holding them back. So at the end of the day, they're still able to do their jobs. It's just in a different format. That's all. Do you view your shift in the same way that you're still doing your job in just a different format? Or do you feel like this is something that you're going to do for this stage of life, the stage of our world, if you want to call it that, and then shift back again once things are somewhat like what they used to be? Actually, I've already created a, a repositioning statement and a, a different model that I'm going to be offering that will incorporate virtual photography moving forward. Because what I realized is uh, from the hundred or so events that I've shot in three months, right? I've seen the gamut of different types of speakers at different stages. And what I realized and getting the feedback from the people that I've worked with, uh, specifically a lot of online folks that have been online for a while, even if you're not a solely online business owner, all of these speakers have tentacles in their business that leads towards the online space. Webinars, masterminds, intensives. They're, they've been doing this stuff for years. So by shooting not just the lifestyle portrait of them working on the laptop, which I've been doing for years, it's now actually shooting from the vantage point of the audience member watching the laptop on the other side of that presentation that will truly encapsulate who they are, who they serve, and why they do what they do. So that's going to be a big thing moving forward. Well, yeah. And I'm, you know, at the time of this recording, I just finished an hour and a half intensive with one of my clients that was legitimately 100% Zoom. So, and that is a big part of what I do in, in my business and in my world. And you're right. It's something that people have largely ignored up till now. I had a woman say, two, two women actually say to me, you know, I've been doing this for about 13 years and I've been looking for someone like you the whole time and no one's ever offered it this way. I'm like, well, I guess it took a pandemic to come to my senses. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, if that's what it took, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? I mean, and, and the reality is if you're telling a story to your audience and you're creating that relationship and you're letting them have an entry point into your life and your business, it's important to capture all aspects of that life and that business, because that's how you create that connection with people so they can see what it looks like when they work with you. So it seems like such a no brainer. As a matter of fact, probably about a week or so in, I would say to myself, what the hell was I thinking? How, how is this not a part of it? It just is what it is. But uh, better late than never is what I say to that. Absolutely. So when you started doing this, I'm going to imagine that you ran into a few hurdles getting things set up early on. What were the commonalities that most of your clients faced in, in getting good quality out of what you were offering? So the first hurdle was figuring out how I can make this look interesting and not shoot a laptop on my office desk with all my crap around that looks nothing like what my client's office desks look like because I have a lot of gear everywhere. So that took a little bit of visualizing and figuring out, okay, I need to leverage other spaces in terms of the atmosphere around the laptop sitting on a folding table, right? Which is basically the bread and butter of what I do. It's the folding table and the laptop. And 
that's when I started playing with that. I mean, even to this day, after shooting all of these, I'm always trying to find, oh, that's an interesting wrinkle. Let me use the door, the French door in this way, or let me try the window this way or whatever. So that was on my end, the window dressing, so to speak. On their end, directing people through a laptop is weird. <laughs> <laughs> The first couple I really and 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 then some of them I did some headshots with. That was really weird. Uh, it just does not. It does it. The energy is different. But you know, and then understanding that everything is mirrored and opposite. So there was that. But then also on their end was kind of cleaning up their backgrounds because a lot of these people now now we're kind of onto version two, especially with a lot of the established and higher end speakers. Uh, they're like going, you know, full out with all kinds of staging and lighting and all and digital whiteboards and all this crazy stuff, multiple cameras. But even for some of the other folks, it's just simply a matter of them kind of cleaning up their backgrounds so that we removed all of the distracting elements. And then the next piece was, I can't light you from where I am. So I have to kind of talk you through how to move your lights around, whether they be actual professional lights or they're using lamps from different rooms in the apartment, whatever the case or their house, whatever the case may be. So there was that. And then the most important piece, and it's something that I'm still working through is the fact that I'm still educating my clients on the importance of these images, as opposed to leveraging their stage photos in front of hundreds of people and trying to explain to them that that comes off as extremely tone deaf because that's not the scenario in which we're in. And it doesn't resonate with your message in your content that relates to virtual photography. It's just, there's an asynchronicity to that. So it's just letting people know what they don't know is an ongoing thing. Well, yeah. And I would imagine, especially for, you know, all the, the leadership trainers, the corporate trainers, you know, all those people who made their business around, you know, different workshops and different in-person meetings, a month or so of taking time off from that, the, all the corporations, all the companies out there, I could see them being like, oh, we'll just reschedule to later. But you know, we're, we're months deep into this at this point. And I know for a fact, just based on some of my clients and what they've told me that, you know, they're now transitioning these, you know, training workshops to an online space. And if that's going to continue for the next year, however long it takes for the vaccines to arrive, they need to be able to show that they can still work for people in that manner. Yeah. And in fact, several of my clients mentioned to me who are repped by different speaker bureaus throughout the world, they're requiring virtual speaker reels and virtual images because in order to sell them, they need to let those potential associations, organizations, uh, teams within uh, a business that their energy and their intellectual property, their frameworks, everything that they do on stage or in front of a room will translate seamlessly to a virtual environment. And they need those visual cues that lets them know that this person has experience in front of a Zoom screen. Because the reality is, is while a lot of people have been doing Zoom for years, there's other people that don't even know how to set up the Zoom screen to begin with, or how to set up permissions and allow certain things to be visible and not visible. And they don't know how to work it. So 
it's becoming a more important thing that they have the marketing assets that illustrate that they do have the experience in front of a webcam. I think that's a really interesting point you made there, especially because at the beginning of all of this back in March, early April, I had a few friends reach out to me who know that I've been using Zoom for a while and they literally just wanted a Zoom 101 from somebody they knew. You know, we hopped on together and she was like, so if I do this and I do this button, I'm like, yeah, you don't want to press that button because you're going to be talking. You don't want to stop and have to go do something. You need this all set up ahead of time. And then I had another friend who actually has a couple of lights. She bought, you know, one of those Amazon like background and light kits for a party so she could do like a DIY photo booth like a couple years ago. And she ended up, she's like, I can use these lights for Zoom, right? I'm like, yes, you totally can. This is how you do it. But you know, your average person doesn't have these bits of knowledge. They don't have the skill set. So when you were like directing some of your clients on how to set up lights, did you find that there was kind of a rhythm or a cadence to how you were able to instruct them? Or is it still different for everybody? Well, the good news is that I have 20 years of television production experience as a producer for a talk show. So I've been working with all levels of people doing all levels of things for a very long time. So I'm able to kind of meet them where they are. If they kind of have an idea of what's going on, I can talk to them with a little more legalese, if you will, whereas other people have no idea what the hell I'm saying. So I have to kind of bring it to a place where I can talk to them so they're able to do the right move, move the right things, get the stuff in the right position and kind of position themselves. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all kind of like a feel it out as you go type of process with people because everybody has a different skill set or a different, you know, aptitude for this kind of thing. And some people have never done it at all. And it's just simply a matter of figuring out how they need to be communicated with. And once that's established then kind of go from there. So when you are directing these sessions and obviously getting past those first, you know, little awkward bits that <laughs> I'm sure mm -hmm. you're bound to run into, is there anything, especially from a non-speaker point of view, people who aren't necessarily trained speakers, is there anything that you've noticed is a commonality with the clients that you're working with that would help our audience kind of set themselves up for a much better Zoom experience? Absolutely. The most important thing, and it's the thing that most people don't do, and that includes all of the speakers that I work with, don't break eye contact with the lens. Because what people tend to do when they're in a Zoom room and they have the gallery view, and as a presenter, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about, as a presenter, they will be talking to someone, but they will be looking at that person, but it looks like they're looking down at their lap or they're looking to the left or the right. When you address, if you're uh, presenting anything, PowerPoint, or if you're just speaking or anything, always look into the camera and actually, some of my clients will put, uh, I, actually, one of my clients had like this little, uh, you know, those little uh, magnets that you have for the refrigerator that have the big crazy eyeballs and they wiggle around. So they put that on right on top of it, or they'll put a post-it with a crazy face just so that it keeps their eye level towards camera. That's one of the big ones. And we already discussed lighting. Lighting is a huge one. Because if you look like a fugitive from the government because you're in silhouette, that's not a good look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we've both seen a lot of that online these days. 
Many, 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 many fugitives on my screen. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So if our audience is interested in virtual photography, how can they get in touch with you and find you? Well, uh, I guess in the show notes, we'll put a link to my virtual photography page yeah, and you can definitely get more insights on the how, what, why behind virtual photography. And if you have any questions, I have an easy uh, spot on that page to sign up for a conversation and we could take it from there. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much. I know that the audience is going to gain a ton of value from this conversation. And I love how you gave some really applicable tips and pointers for all of us who are spending, you know, way more time on webcams than we used to. Oh, yeah, exactly. I run away from any video calls now because of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a fair point, And it's one of the reasons why I don't have video on while we record. So <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Brandon. All right, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed our time with John as much as I did. It's always fascinating for me to speak with other people in the photography world, especially people who have had to make some shifts along their career path like John has, like I have talked about here for my own story in the past. And I think John's set up a fantastic example of what any entrepreneur will do over the course of their lifetime. You know, we're all about seeking out opportunities. And I think John's showed everyone how you can both search out opportunities and fall into them and make them work for your business in a really effective way. 